Ladies and gentlemen, we're here on the baseball podcast, and we come to you today on a solemn occasion because one of our favorite international teams, the Auckland Tuatara, we're here for a postmortem because the Auckland Tuatara are officially no longer. And uh, that that's a real many would describe this. I don't say things that are that are vulgar like this, but many would describe it as a kick in the pants. And uh, you know, I'm sorry, but there's just no better way to describe it. You know, we we've been fans of the Tuatara for a while. Uh, they were they were probably the most fun team in the ABL. Dude, they were so much fun. And not anymore because they are now gone. And yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about that a little bit. We're we're getting back into the uh, the international angle on baseball. We've been away from it a little bit. We've been also mourning Team USA just not really putting up a great showing against Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic Finals. But you know what? That's old news now. And you know, a further kick in the pants. Our Phillies have been brutal. So just nothing's yeah. been going well with us. And you know baseball. what the common thread is between those last two is uh, Trey Turner very obviously left it all on the field against Japan because he has not brought anything to the field lately. Yeah, it's been I awful. walk in. So we have it on the break room at work. We have on the Phillies versus the Mets. And I walk in and I watch one pitch. I walk in. I don't know who was batting. It might, maybe it was like Luis Guillaume or however no, you it's, it's that always, It's name. always Marcana. He's the guy He's the guy who killed the Phillies this year. No, 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 because it wasn't Marcana. I know that it, because th- this wasn't a home run. Marcana smashed the Phillies in this series. But yeah. this dude it gets like a curveball or something. He dives at it, and he hits a tailor-made double play ball. Fortunately for him, he hits it right at Trey Turner who boots yeah. it and then throws it away and everybody's safe. I'm like, like one pitch. I watch one pitch and Trey dude, Turner lets me down. Dude, that same game, it was, this was the series finale. And I know this isn't the Phillies podcast, but we just have to vent. Yeah, I, a little bit, I was, a little bit. I, I was, I worked at one 30 that day and the game started at like one ten. Okay. So I'm driving to work. I put on the game. It takes me like a half an hour. So I left at one o'clock. I'm driving out there. I have the game on. It's great. They go up 2-0 in the first, right? They capitalized they, on they some bad fielding. They scratched across those yeah, runs, they, well, too. They, man- they manufactured two runs in the first yeah. off of Max Scherzer, and I went, excellent. The Phillies have been bad lately. It looks like they're getting to Max Scherzer early. If they can salvage a win here, I'll be happy. I get to work. I start working maybe like half an hour into work. I check I check my phone. It's 4-2 Mets, and that's Gore Held. And I was yep. like, well, what happened? Like, what happened? And it was just the bats are silent. That's what the Phillies are right now. Yeah, what it's been is the Phillies were a team coming in. They're built around power. And uh, I don't want to say that's it, but it kind of feels that way. Um, Everybody expected Castellanos to bounce back and hit more power, which, to be fair, that did happen. Um, you know, Schwarber was supposed to do more than just hit a solo home run every time the score's 10 to 1. Um, Trey Turner, I mean, especially after the World Baseball Classic, it looked like he was getting ready to have a career year. Yeah, Reese Hoskins, to be fair, just got hurt. Freak injury. What are you going to do? Um, and then you come into this season, Brandon Marsh is tearing the cover off the ball in April. I mean, it's it's Dude, looking like this team is going to score some runs. And then isn't it amazing that are. Cody Clemens has like an 800 OPS? Yeah, and then you know what? Two months into the season, Cody Clemens has an 800 OPS. Yes, 
but the Phillies are like 23rd in MLB in runs scored. It's awful. Which is bad because they were supposed to just slug their way to victory because their pitching their pitching was supposed to be okay. It's going to be kind of top heavy. And I mean, that didn't really happen either because Nola has just not been himself. Nola has been 2021 Nola. And the bullpen, the only guy who's been long term effective is Alvarado, and he got he hurt. hurt. Uh, Gregory Soto just not been that good. Craig Kimbrell is washed up, but he still puts up a good outing here and there. And, you know, then you just get into the filler, you know, just the chaff in the bullpen. You know, Connor Brogdon, you have Bilotti, Junior you know, Marte. Yeah, Junior Marte. You Andrew got... Vasquez has been terrific, actually. Yeah, okay, that's it's, fair. Dude, yeah. it's 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 been brutal. And the Phillies, I, I know we gotta get back to New Zealand in a second. But like yeah. the Phillies and we grew up with this. We knew what we were getting ourselves into. The Phillies aren't like other teams. Like I'm trying like the Cardinals have been brutal this year. I mean, they've had a good stretch lately and they got right. back into it. But like the Cardinals had absolutely the worst start to the season. But if you're a Cardinals fan, every single year, you do pretty well. You might lose in the playoffs. You might miss out on the playoffs, but they're usually pretty decent. The Phillies don't operate right. that way. Like once every 15, 20 years, they really give you a show, and then they go dormant pretty much for the rest of that. Yeah, they kind of use the, the Kansas City Royals model. Yeah. Like last year was a miraculous run, and this year they just were like, well – we kind of did it already so like we don't need to do that again well, and i know and, i'm speaking like an angry like talk radio caller like i don't believe that but like well i think you know there there are some things to be said in the phillies defense harper is not a hundred percent he's still playing well but he's clearly he's not, not quite 100%. Harper. yeah they don't yeah. have hoskins no hoskins nola clearly is still fatigued from last year wheeler probably has a little bit of that too alvarado went down you know like they, yeah they've had a lot of right. issues but the problem because if you're watching the phillies and you're going hey they're losing games seven to six you know the bullpen let them down a little bit right they didn't get quite enough slugging because out like you know because hoskins hurt that'd be one thing but it's like dude just grounder after grounder going through trey turner's legs and like yeah. strikeout after strikeout with like a man on second base and it's like i understand baseball is difficult sometimes you just have to roll one over to the right side and get a guy over. Like sometimes you just have to like knock a ball down with your chest. Like this isn't that difficult. You know what I mean? Right. Like well, it's, think... it's not like they're just getting outplayed by like world-class teams. It's like, you're just not ex executing the game of baseball properly. Yeah. Like uh, one of the things that bothers me about this team is if you're going to be a slugging team and you're going to carry dudes like Kyle Schwarber, you know, you have to walk a lot, oh, and yeah. if you and they are not doing that, they're just no. not. Brandon Marsh like, is, but everybody else yeah, isn't. I mean, I think even Schwarber's walking a decent amount. It's just his batting average is so low that it's not yeah. resulting in a good on base percentage. But like all the guys who have like a reasonable average, like you know, like Bryson Stott, for instance, Real Muto, yeah, yeah, not none of them are walking, and it's like, look, that might yeah. just be who Bryson Stott is. But, like, a lot of these guys, aside from Harper and, I guess, Marsh, have kind of, like, regressed in their plate discipline, like, very badly, which yeah. is not a good sign. No. Because walks are – this is my theory on this, okay? The way I look at it is walks are kind of your slump insurance as a hitter. 
is hitters who do not walk when they're not hitting the ball they are just not doing anything just absolute jack at the plate if you are a hitter who walks a lot like somebody like reese hoskins reese hoskins would have some brutal cold streaks okay oh, pat burr yeah. famous squashed beef here on the podcast friend of the mm, podcast mm. another guy who would have some ruthless cold streaks but because pat burr walked a lot he's not just a complete zero during these cold streaks like if somebody like stott who doesn't walk a lot has a stretch where he bats like a hundred you're just not getting anything out of him at yeah, all. Yeah, he's just unplayable. Yeah. Whereas somebody like Harper, like Harper's the best example of this right now. Harper is not a hundred percent, and he's not driving the ball as well as he obviously can. But because he's patient and he walks a lot, he's still got what a four oh four on base percentage. Yeah, he's been very good. I don't know what it is yeah. about my head. You, you can't complain about that. You could be like, I would love to see Harper drive the ball more, but at the end of the day, he's not the problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's, I don't, look, we got really far afield. This episode's about mm-hmm. New Zealand, but like, I'm sorry. It's just the Phillies. Like, that's just, uh, yeah. anyway. Anyway. We, we were here around this time last year calling for Joe Girardi's head, and I will insist, rightly so. Uh, yeah. I'm not ready to call for that. Thompson's head yet because I don't think that he's made as many just absolutely baffling decisions. But yeah, that's the difference. Like, because a lot of people are like, you got to shake things up, you got to get rid of the mat. And it's like, okay, like that's stupid. I think the difference yeah. was like, I I would watch games and go, Joe Girardi put that guy in. Joe Girardi took that guy out, and that's why they lost the game. Rob Thompson, right. he's had a few of those where it's like you got to stop playing Josh Harrison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to pinch hit for this guy here, but like. Yeah, stop pinch hitting right-handed scrubs for Brandon Marsh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I'm not in love with Rob Thompson this year. Like he's made some bad decisions, but like I don't think he's the reason the Phillies are sucking right now. Like Joe Girardi no. was was losing the Phillies games like consistently. Right. Um, but off to New Zealand. Okay. Yeah, let's back to, back let's to get New back Zealand. to that. So um, the Tuatara. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Tuatara were an ABL team that uh, I believe their first season was, what, 2017? So I think – so the ABL started again in 2010. It was around in the 90s and it was really big, and then it folded for one reason or another. I don't know. I wasn't around for it. I think it was finances. Finances. I don't know why I said – You know what it was? It was this. It 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 was was that. But so anyway, so that league league was good, and they had had some, like, solid MLB players come over and play. Uh, And then that league folded, and then in 2010, MLB started it up again. And they donated a bunch of money and it, and it was cool. And that, and it was, it was at first like started basically to, to try and grow the game of baseball in Australia. And it was six teams around different parts of Australia and they would all play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think in, yeah, 2017 or 2018. So, so like they do the basketball thing where like we have like the 2023 MLB season this year, they they're playing the 2023 slash 24 MLB season or ABL right. season because right. it bleeds over. Yeah. So it's like the it's NFL. Yeah, I forget if it's 20, 2017 or 2018 that it started, but it's one of those years that uh, that they expanded. And so they added a team in Geelong, which is in Victoria, and that's a, like basically a KBO farm team where they send their young Korean guys to play. And that, that's cool, but that's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they started a team in Auckland, which is in New Zealand, um, to, to, to play in the ABL. And basically the, the thinking was Australia and New Zealand are like kindred nations, basically. They have very good relations. They have a lot of crossover between citizens, uh, that kind of thing. And as far as I know, it's very easy to travel across the ditch 
uh sorry uh -huh. the tat the tasman um to oh. yeah, yeah i don't know what i was thinking sorry hold on oh. yeah. there you go but so as far as i can understand like the travel's very easy so they said okay no problem it'll be great and so we'll get into this our guest today is david long who is a, a sports reporter for stuff.co.nz uh i made the nz and said yeah. I made the mistake of saying stuff.com, but it's different in New Zealand, which I failed to recognize. Um, but right. David, David, David covered the Tuatara, I think, in their entirety. Um, he was basically like Tom mentions, like their beat reporter, and he has you know the inside scoop. And so basically, we're going to get into it with David. But just to give the broad strokes, the Tuatara started out; uh, they were building. So the first year, you know, they did okay. They started kind of got some crowds out. The second year kind of exploded and they did really, really well. They got out thousands of people to most games and they had a lot of connections with MLB teams. They had a lot of decent prospects come out and play. They had some MLB guys like Josh Colmenter come play. They had uh -huh. a lot of MLB guys on their coaching staff um, and they were making serious, serious inroads. Yeah, they and were in the, talks with Manny Ramirez to play for They them. were. They were in talks with Manny Ramirez. I know that Felix Hernandez's name was bandied about. I don't know if how serious that was, but I know his name was bandied about. Um, but so they, they were, they were making really, really good progress. And then the pandemic happened that ruined a lot of things in the ABL, but it particularly ruined New Zealand because it made it more difficult to travel from country to country and stuff like that. Um, uh -huh. and so the Tuatara had to pull out and the ABL played a six team season instead of an eight team season. And then the next year, the whole league was canceled. And then this past year, the Tuatara did play, but as David's going to explain, um, they, they couldn't make it work with the finances. They had a lot of rainouts, which canceled, uh, canceled out a lot of their, uh, they got rid of a lot of the money that they thought they were going to be making. And mm -hmm. basically like David ends up explaining the margins were too tight and it just didn't work out. And just the money wasn't there. So it's, yeah, it's a shame because it's not one of those things where it's, Hey, they tried baseball. People didn't like it. It sounds like baseball really was making headway. And unfortunately, the demise of the two Atara seems to be a, a major setback. But we're going to get David's uh, input into all of that. And he's going to tell us about what the future might look like for baseball in New Zealand, if another franchise could pop up, things like that. And David's a really cool guy. He was really nice. I just emailed him out of nowhere and said, do you want to come on our show? He said yes. So thank you again to David Long for coming on. Go check out his writing at stuff.co.nz. And you can follow yep. him on Twitter. Yeah, you can follow him on Twitter, David Long FFX, or is it FXX? It's one of those two. I'm sorry. Um, but so go you to know what? He'll, he'll let us know. He'll let I'll, you guys I'll, know. Yeah, I'll link it in the description. So there go give go. David a follow. Check out his articles. It's great. He covers all sports. Um, baseball is just the one we want to talk to him about. So go go check out David's stuff. So David, thank you for coming on the show, and let's talk about baseball in New Zealand. Welcome back to the baseball podcast. We're here with. David Long. David, correct me if I'm wrong. You are the senior sports reporter for Stuff.com, right? Uh, Stuff.co.nz it is. So. I apologize. I don't know what that's, I was thinking. There you go. <laughs> Listen, we're American. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're very ethnocentric here when it comes yeah. to our URLs. <laughs> yeah, I'm not used to the, uh, the yeah. little <laughs> NZ afterwards. So, so, David, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? I understand you're English, but now you live in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I've been here since '98 in New Zealand, sports reporter for stuff. Um, cover um tennis and rugby league mainly, but um also covered the, the Tuatara when um, uh, when they were going over here as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So how did you get involved doing that? Like, have you always been a baseball fan, or how did it take off? Uh, yeah, big baseball fan. Yeah, um, big Mets fan. I went to see the Mets. 
uh, and the Yankees many years ago uh, when the chips. All the Subway series. I, I, I say it's it's really quiet actually. Can't, I'm not sure why. Um, I can't get much volume out of this. Oh. Sorry. Can you hear both of us, or or is it one of us is quiet? Oh, hang on a second. Okay. Oh, that's better now. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. There we sorry. go. Yeah. Sorry cool. about that. Um, no, you're all good. Yes. Yeah, I started. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big Mets Mets fan. Um, and often when I come I come in for Wimbledon most years, and then uh, on the way back, try and go somewhere to catch a few Mets games on on the way home, and then and then head back to New Zealand. Really. So it's, uh, yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So, did you cover the Tuatara for their entire life? I guess it was about two or three years, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, when it was about, I think, sort of 20, 2019 it started. There was, I mean, they only only played for well, they were in existence for five years, but they only played for three years. So mm-hmm. the first year they were they were um, they sort of got a, a late call up by the Australian Baseball League to be in the to be in the league, and they scrambled around and had a sort of pop up stadium at a small park in in West Auckland for that first year. And then the second year, they moved into uh, North Harbour Stadium, which is a which is a big venue. Um, and in the third year, um, COVID hit, and they decided to pull out at very late notice that that third year, um, mm-hmm. which got them in trouble with trouble with the league. And in the fourth year, the whole league shut down. And then fifth year was the one that um, they completed recently. So I do want to ask, um, well, how close did you work with the Tuatara? Did you know a lot of the people involved with it or did you just cover it from a fan's perspective? I don't know. I covered it, um, you know, as extensively, I guess, as I cover anything else in sport. Um, I went to pretty much all of their home games, um, you know, doing interviews, covering matches and, you know, stories that are going around the team, just like any sort of beat reporter does, really. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so you're sort of the unofficial beat reporter for the Tuatara then back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, the fair to say the beat reporter, yeah. I was probably the only okay. one, really. I mean, unfortunately, I didn't get much other. Well, they got a bit of coverage in other media in New Zealand. Um, I think they actually got more media coverage than any of the Australian teams got in the media in their, in their local areas. Um, you know, which I think was the one of the things that sort of impressed the Australian Baseball League about the team was that they were able to get on TV quite a bit. <clears throat> Not so much on other print media, but um, in terms of news, uh, sort of TV and radio, they did well for coverage, and that that did help them out um, early on in in terms of publicity and getting crowds along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I wanted to ask you about because it seemed to me, and keep in mind, Tom and I are Americans, and I don't really know right. a lot of Australians, so. Um, but it seemed to me like they did the, the, I don't know if they did the best job or they just had the most luck with, I guess, pr- like promotion. It seemed to me like they did the best job of getting it out, like the baseball product to the masses, as opposed to the Australian teams who sort of have their little niche fan base and that's it. Am I right in assuming that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I think the thing is in Australia, you're up against a lot more other sports, uh, there's a lot more competition for, for space in terms of, you know, you got, uh, rugby league. Uh, soccer, Australian rules football, uh, rugby union. So it's you know it's a lot more limited in terms of um, how much coverage a sport, a small sport like baseball, can get in Australia. Whereas in New Zealand, um, yeah, we've got um, uh, you know cricket and rugby and rugby league. But it's it was um, I guess there was more opportunities to get media coverage in New Zealand than, than there was in Australia. Okay. So Is one there... other thing. Oh, go ahead, Dom. 
So I was going to ask, is there crossover between cricket fans and baseball fans in New Zealand? Like, like for you, for instance, do you, do you also like cricket or is it more of a, is it a little bit more of a rivalry there? No, I don't think there's any rivalry between um, cricket and baseball. Um, I think people do, I think people appreciate both sports. Um, you know, there's different enough to, to, um, you know, that you can enjoy one. The interesting thing in New Zealand, though, is there's a huge rivalry between baseball and softball, which, really? which doesn't it doesn't exist anywhere in the world. Yeah, a massive rivalry. They absolutely hate each other. And, you know, there was, there was talk of um, when they had their own tryouts at the beginning when they started to, to Atara to see if, you know, any locals were, were good enough. And pretty much the softball New Zealand said, anybody, any softball players who plays for the tour, to Atara will be banned for life you know it's uh, why why is there <laughs> why is this an issue <laughs> yeah it's it's softball is it's a, it's a sport that's taken off and the thing called the black Sox. um they've been world champions a couple of times and it's um it's quite a big sport um with maori people in new zealand um and also i uh you know i guess other sort of um pacific islanders as well it's quite a big it's quite a big and more of established sport in new zealand um Whereas softball was a more, sorry, baseball was more of a, you know, a, a new sport that came in from America in terms of trying to get off the ground. So, and I think the softball community were very worried about um, um, baseball coming in um, and taking all the best players and stuff like that. So right. they were very much against okay. it. And it's not, I, I don't think anywhere else in the world where there is a rivalry between the two, softball and baseball. You know, I think they're one organization internationally. No. Down here, yeah, it's, it's massive. It's like, I mean, at least here, like I play both sports and, you know, here, like softball is very firmly just like the junior version of baseball, like women's softball. It, I mean, it's different, you know, like, I, is this like men's softball? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, softball is for people who don't play baseball or don't play baseball anymore because, you know, they're maybe a little older or whatever um so yeah i mean there, there's not really a rivalry there it it is very weird to hear that softball was so you know like softball was sitting there and baseball starts up and starts taking their players and softball's like how much more betrayal can i take you know that i did not expect that at all <laughs> so i do want to yeah, ask but... oh sorry go ahead so go yeah so that's just a very interesting dynamic that we have down here with that yeah yeah that's yeah. so that's so weird i had no idea so so one thing i wanted to ask because we're talking about a lot of the good parts of the tuatara and i loved the tuatara i really liked watching we both them. did even just like i thought they had the best like merchandise in the league i thought they had the best logo the best color scheme i thought they had a lot of things going for them um and one of the things that i noticed and i don't know if you'll have any insight into this we had dan vaughn on the show who worked for the perth heat and i was talking to him about it the Australian Baseball League, a lot of times, gets sort of fringe major league players, some minor league guys, that kind of thing. The Tuatara had early like negotiations with Manny Ramirez. They had guys like Danny Valencia and Eric Young Jr., like established big leaguers who agreed to come play. And then obviously the coronavirus ruined that. But it seemed to me, from somebody look, looking from the outside, looking in, it seemed to me like the Tuatara had like serious inroads with major league organizations that other teams didn't. Is that true? Uh, um, I think so. Yeah, uh, I think well, manager Steve Mintz um, seems to know, know quite a few people over there, and uh, I guess the, I'm not sure how the other connections they had. I think they had there's some American investors involved in it as well, in the team, and, and I think they may have had maybe had connections. But it was certainly, I mean, none of them. They never ended up getting one of them big names. Um, yeah. But you know, there's always plenty of talk that they were trying to get um, 
uh, one of those you know superstars um, from it. I, I think with the many areas, I think at the end of they were very close to getting him, but um, I think uh, Sydney just offered uh, way more money in the end, and and anyway, it didn't turn out well for them anyway because I don't think he actually played a game. Yeah, but, right. um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So we're so so we're talking about a lot of the good parts of the Tuatara, and I loved the Tuatara, but. Mm-hmm. I do want your insight because you wrote a series of great articles about the Tuatara and I guess what you call it, their demise, their downfall. Can you explain, I guess, just sort of a little quickly what happened? Yeah, uh, I would. It's, I guess, uh, I'm sure where the sort of story really. I mean, I guess it's, the foundation of Tuatara was to, some people uh, here who are mad about baseball and thought it would be be great to have a team and the the best way to make baseball take off in this country was to have a, a professional team playing in the Australian Baseball League. So um you know they got in they got involved and Baseball New Zealand um came on board as well to help finance it. And I guess it I'm just such a I mean, one of the interesting things about baseball New Zealand is about base sports in New Zealand is that uh when you bet on a sport um in New, Ze- in New Zealand, you know, you place a bet. A mm-hmm. portion of that money goes to the sporting organisation. Huh, so if really? you bet on a rugby, if you ever been in a rugby game, some of that money goes to rugby New Zealand. And so if you bet on, have you been in a baseball game, some of that money goes to baseball New Zealand. And so you, it's just oh. quite weird because you have you have sports who are which are like big in America, like uh, you know NFL and baseball, which are tiny here. Uh, they actually get a lot of income from that betting, so it's it, which helps something like baseball New Zealand, you know, be financially, um, you know, in a good position. So anyway, they got they got involved in it as well, um, and it always seemed to me, uh, looking at it over the years, that the financial model, you know, I was trying to see how it stacked up because there was a lot of money going into it, and um, the crowds were good, but they were playing in a big stadium, uh, and you. Having quite a lot of overheads and having to bring players in from overseas, from Asia, and from the states, and put them up for for the three months of the season, and it was always a bit tight. And um, they after their second year, uh, I, mean, I mean, the first year was a bit of a write off, really, because it was a pop up stadium and that, and they had a lot of expenses. But the second year, when they moved into North Harbour Stadium, they started off the season getting about 200, 250 people to the, each game. And by the end of the season, they were getting about four and a half thousand come along to games. Oh. So it really took off, and it looked like you know, um, baseball had arrived in New Zealand. That the sport, you know, it definitely got a foothold. But then we went two years with nothing, and all that good work and all the fan base and momentum completely disappeared. You know, mm-hmm. and so pretty much they were starting from scratch. And then they had we had an absolutely terrible summer here in Auckland this year, and they had. Um, Seven. He played twenty games in a season, and they had seven games cancelled because of rain. Um, oh. yeah, and and that um and that pretty much sunk a month, sunk them really. I think they were sort of expecting they can live with a loss. What I've been told of about two hundred thousand dollars a year, they can they can sort of carry on with that. But the debts sort of blew out, and some of the people they owed money to uh, lost patience and decided that they were gonna gonna take them to court really, and and that sort of. Brought down the end of the two Atara. Mm. Yeah, yeah it, it, uh, it's a, it, it kind of reminds me of like when you read about like like old American professional teams, how you know they would just get financially killed by stuff like that. Like, oh, we had too many rainouts this season, so you know the 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 Portsmouth Red Cobblers, you know they they folded 
and it, they're, they're gone and then they get replaced. Uh, is there any hope for baseball in New Zealand going forward? Is there any opportunity to put a new franchise there or is it not looking good? Yeah, well, I've heard, uh, I've heard talk about some people uh, with con some connections in the States who are, who are keen on trying to get it up and running again. Whether that will be next year, I don't know. That might be a bit too early. I think there's a bit too many people burnt by what happened for them mm -hmm. to want to for the ABL um, to sort of want to sort of take a team back so soon. Um, but, you know, in a couple of years' time, maybe um, um, it's possible that it could come back. Because, you know, if, you, if it showed, they showed that, you know, if if the weather's not too bad and um, you get, get a good product, that there is the interest um, to, to for a professional baseball team in New Zealand, you know? If you can get yeah. 4,500 people along to to watch a game, you know, that's, that's pretty good in terms of New Zealand, you know? In a, you know, in a country where, um, you know, if you're a decent rugby game, big rugby game, you'll get 20,000 people along to that. So if you're getting a quarter of that for a sport, you know, so starting out, that's, that's, that's a good place to start from. Well, right. good place to be at. In America, it would be like if those were reversed. If you had a rugby league that was pulling like, you know, 10,000 fans per game, it would be like, listen, rugby's starting to take off a little bit. So, you yeah. know, there's definitely, it, it sounds like it's fertile ground to have a, a baseball organization. It's just a, a spade of bad luck this time around. Yeah, hopefully so. I mean, the financial model, it was, I guess as well, it was pretty tight, you know, um, even if it was successful, it was still would have been pretty tight, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, whether someone coming in and is prepared to bankroll it, uh, you know, that's that. I guess that's the big issue, really, for for anyone taking so, it off. And it, and in terms of the sport in New Zealand now, you know, it's it's really sort of set it back because, you know, player numbers have dropped off now. I understand around it, and it's not getting the exposure um, that it used to get um, when the team was running, you know. So is any of this because of like mismanagement, like things went wrong or is it just like you said, bad luck, nothing you can do about it. Um, and I guess what the reason I'm asking that is because in the future, do you think if they get some financial backing, whoever it may be, um, then the sport could succeed? Or do you think like the, the, the financial model just sort of was destined to fail? I think it's a bit of, bit of both. Um, the financial model, as I said, the financial model was tough. I don't think there was mismanagement. Um, I just think things were tight, uh, and they gave it a good crack at trying to get the people who were involved into a tower and trying to get that off, um, you know, make it sustainable. And it wasn't quite, um, wasn't quite there, you know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And one of the things that I remember reading in one of your articles was that um, they got a significant amount of money from baseball New Zealand itself. And then you had some quotes from, and I can't remember the woman's name who was in charge of it, but you had some quotes from her about how that doesn't seem like it'll happen in the future because they got burned. Yeah. That's Megan Crockett. She's the CEO of baseball New Zealand. I think, yeah. Um, so now that, yeah, they're on the, um, they might have to pay quite a lot of money out um, to pay the creditors off. Um, possibly. I don't know how that's going to go in the courts. Um they're still trying to build the sport up at grassroots level. You know, that's 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 one of the keys, and, and sort of help the help the small clubs around community clubs around the country to to be sustainable and and viable. Um, and they don't want to be, I guess, I guess, you know, putting loads of money into a professional team to the detriment of the grassroots of the game. So they're they're sort of in a tricky position. I think that you know they're sort of saying, you know, if anyone comes along, you know, we'll give them all the support we can, um, but not probably not financial support.
Yeah, that's a shame. That really is a shame. So, so what is the path forward for baseball in New Zealand? Is it just an emphasis on little league baseball or I don't know, something else? Yeah, pretty much. Um, well, I, I think it's pretty disorganized as well, to be honest, in some of the, in some of the regions, it's really big. Well, it's big I guess the, the, the main area for baseball uh, in New Zealand is in Auckland, which is, which is our biggest city. Um, and outside of that, there's, there's teams um, in other parts of the country. But the main sort of area for the sport is Auckland. And I think building up, trying to get build base numbers up for players, that's got to be the key um, to try and do that. But, you know, you've, you've lost that shot window. you lost that exposure where people, you know, can go along to see a Tuatara game and think, hey, this looks great. I'm gonna, I might have to try and draw my local club and, and try and take up this sport. You know, so that's mm. tough. You know, we do see, we, basically, it's, because of the time zone, we do see quite a lot of... Um, it is good for Major League Baseball down here because, um, like the seven o'clock games over on the East Coast, that's eleven a.m. here, and then the West Coast games are two p.m. So, um, it's quite good in terms of you know, depending where you work, that you can you can follow baseball quite well here. It's not like you know in the UK where it all happens in the middle of the night. So you know we do get a bit of bit of coverage and that exposure from that. Um, but in terms of you know people want to see their own going to see it live they want to see local players and that sort of stuff so that's what we're going to really miss out on yeah i think uh having your own you know local professional team and local because you know new zealand is more than just auckland but uh, the two are sort of like the whole country's team right yeah that's right yeah 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 that's going to be like a like a galvanizing factor for people who like baseball you know that's who they want to root for and it could be you know I mean, you obviously found an MLB team you like, but I think sometimes it's hard to watch something that you, you don't have any connection to other than, oh, I just like baseball. So, you know, having the Tuatara there was probably a driving factor in a lot of uh, New Zealanders becoming baseball fans. So I think it's definitely something that, you know, as baseball fans ourselves, I think we all want to see. Yeah, it may not be the Tuatara, but we do want to see them, you know, New Zealand take another shot at it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, as well, um, that's a funny thing. You, you, you'd have to walk far in Auckland to see someone wearing a New York Yankees hat. But uh, mm-hmm. if you say to them, what do you think of their starting rotation this year? They wouldn't know what you're talking about. Right. But, uh, but um, you know, I'm sure if there, if there was someone come involved uh, who could prove to the Australian Baseball League... Um, you know, that they're not going to go bust and they can pay their bills, that they would be keen. Because, you know, as I said, we touched on before, you know, they could see that, you know, the biggest crowds ever, I think, in the league's history were the, were the games in Auckland to Atara that second mm-hmm. year. You know, they're not, mate, it's it's a, yeah, I mean, they're having success in terms, of, in terms of getting players into the MLB now, but in terms of the growing the sport there, you know, it's a league that's still uh, struggling a lot. It's, um, um, uh, you know, as far as I understand, it's they're, they're, they're struggling to try and make ends meet themselves. Um, it was a few years ago, I think a few years ago, that the league was sort of funded by, partly funded by MLB, but that stopped, and now they're on their own. So mm-hmm. um, it is it is tough as well. I understand for for the, the clubs in Australia and even even places like Sydney, you know, they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, we talked about that on the podcast a little bit. I think was that with Dan. We talked about how the MLB just kind of randomly cut off funding to ABL. Yeah, I think they kind of just cut the cord. 
on uh, and and made it like a franchise. Like now, people you know own the teams mm-hmm. individually and try and finance it. But speaking of the ABL, I do want to ask: Do you know now what happens to the the Kiwi players? Because I know that there's like a point system for having foreign imports and stuff like that. And the Tuatara was just where the New Zealand player, like the New Zealand born players would go. So what happens now? Could, do they just, are they like mercenaries and go to whatever team they want? Or is there going to be a, an ABL team that'll get a lot of the Kiwi guys? Yeah, I think they'll probably go wherever they, they can really. I mean, in the third year of the, of the Tuatara that when they didn't, they pulled out the league at late notice. Um, a lot of their players um, managed to get um, deals um, sort of spread around the other, you know, the Australian teams. So uh, I think I guess they'll they'll look to do similar as well. Yeah. Okay. Do they get yeah. counted as domestic players in ABL, yeah. or are they still they don't, considered? They don't foreign? count it. They don't count against the imports. Okay. Yeah, they were before. Hopefully that that will still stay the same. They might sort of say that you know there's not a New Zealand team in the league anymore, so you can't be counted as a as a local player. But I wouldn't have thought they would have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um... Um, I might be making this up, but I think the Czech Republic and Slovakia have the same kind of deal for extra league. I think that Slovak players are basically just treated as Czech players. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean that's so. the smart that's the smart thing to do because you're trying to grow baseball in both spots. Really, um, mm-hmm. I do want to ask you one more question. I know you don't. I know you don't have a ton of time, David. So we can we can wrap it up. But I do want to ask you one more question about New, New Zealand, the national, the New Zealand national team. Um, I feel like the Tuatara greatly helped out the national team because I think Steve Mintz took over as the national team manager and uh, a lot of the national team players were getting reps with the Tuatara. And then I also noticed that some of the MLB guys who came over and played over uh, in New Zealand, I think Josh Colmetzer comes to mind and I think DJ Carrasco were MLB guys and they agreed to coach for the New Zealand national team. So is that like you think um, something that's going to dry up for them? Like I feel like that would, would have been a really big boon in international competition. Yeah, I think one of the, that's one of the other issues around is that the the Diamond Blacks, as they're called, um, the unfortunately the the, uh, the New Zealand softball team took the name the Black Sox, so that, that which was probably the better of the two names that you could have. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, they don't they they don't hardly ever play the New Zealand team. You know, they played in the World Baseball Classic qualifiers in Panama um, last year and did pretty miserably. And then the time before they played was played before that was two thousand and seventeen. And there's no sort of, um, I think, scheduled either uh, in the pipeline, really, for them. I think that's, um, I think that it's, you know, from speaking to Megan Crockett, the CEO of Baseball Zealand, they want to they wanna try and get them up and running again and playing more games. I'm not, I'm not sure what there is to play, um, you know, because we don't see, I'm not, you probably, I guess you know more about it, but, uh, you know, what sort of international baseball competitions there are around the world for national sides. Um, but it doesn't seem to be any that to a top, uh, sorry, that um, the diamond blacks have been involved in. Yeah. That's a shame because you, I mean, you need to get these guys reps if you want them to, you know, play at a high level on, on the world stage. And yeah, like you said, they kind of got their doors blown off in the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they weren't the worst team there, but they didn't do particularly well. Uh, well, I'm, why don't they play any like friendlies against Australia or something? It can't be that expensive to go i don't i mean i don't know is it i don't know well i guess one of the issues is that um you know a lot of new zealand players they'd be if they were good they'd be um well some of them be uh obviously professionals but a lot of them would be at colleges on scholarships and that sort of time when you'd look to do it in sort of january february that it'll be uh at college in the states 
and just trying to get them players over. You know, our summer months are, you know, December, January, February, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it's sort of June and July, the sort of southern months for, for other parts of the world. Uh, and I'm not sure, to be honest, either whether uh, Baseball Australia would be keen on doing a series because they'd, they'd expect to win it pretty easily against Australia, uh, against New Zealand, and wouldn't mm-hmm. be much of a competition for it. Yeah. There, was, sure. there was talk of having a um, 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 like an all-stars game for the ABL that will be in New Zealand um, um, but um, because of because of the crowds you get in New Zealand for it but that never sort of right. took off unfortunately oh I like that yeah, well, idea I wonder if there'd be any potential for like uh, I think that some indie ball teams in the United States play friendlies against like international teams that you know, aren't as high profile. But I wonder if there'd be any potential for that. Like, I think, uh, I think some of the teams in the P Coast League play against uh, some of the lesser international teams. And I, you know, I mean, it's an it's an it's an independent ball team, so it's not going to be like you know high level pros. But it might be mm-hmm. a good place for a team like New Zealand to at least get their feet wet. You know, during during months when maybe they're not playing in New Zealand, like, you sure. know, May, June. Yeah. Sure. Well, one of the other ideas that has been floated around was to have, um, like, a not... Because there was talk a while ago that that Tuatara would just pull out of the ABO anyway. And one of the things they were looking to do was to sort of set up their own sort of series where you'd have Tuatara involved. You'd have um, a team from places like um, Korea or, or Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And also a, a team from like the Padres or the Reds or somewhere or Rangers that they'd send over a team, and you'd have like a, a four or five week sort of mini mini competition where um, yeah these teams could um, get lots of reps um, and expose you know exposure and play at a decent level, and you'd also get people coming along in New Zealand to watch it. That never really took off the ground. Whether that would be possible to do again, I don't know. But the worries, uh, sorry that. So I did have very good connections with some of the uh, baseball teams in America, like the Rangers uh-huh. and the Reds and the Padres. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's possible in the future to do something like that. Yeah, I wonder if there would be potential for Japanese baseball to get involved too, because they seem to be almost, they do a lot of outreach in that part of the world. I think the Koreans do as well. Uh, part That's part of the reason why that Korean team entered ABL is my understanding. So... That might be something where, you know, if MLB is not willing to, to reach out, maybe organizations in Japan would be willing to. Who knows? Yeah, quite possibly, yeah. yeah. And I, I think some of the other Asian countries where um, uh, they can come down here in, in there, um, you know, where the weather's good down here in December, January, February. Uh, and I think the, the game, that uh, I think Geelong, Korea, which is the team you're talking about, I think their games yeah. are showed back in Korea. Uh, yeah, they, they are. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we went to Atari. They had, um, I think it was, um, wasn't Korea. It was, it was uh, Thai, uh, Taiwan. Mm-hmm. A series they made. It was, was um, just get in touch with the local Taiwan community, and they got really big crowds of that as well. So I mean, um, it, it, in New Zealand, there's a lot of, especially Auckland. There's a, there is a lot of um, expats from Asia here. You know, who are baseball mad. And mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the sort of things that they always did try to tap into was that was those communities. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love the Tuatara. They had so much potential. And I guess 
fate just sort of worked against them. David, we, we should cut you loose. I know you don't have all morning. Is there anything we didn't touch on with the Tuatara or baseball in New Zealand or life in general that you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. If, well, there's one interesting thing I don't know if you think it's worth mentioning was that, um, you know, one interesting aspect on the Tuatara was that, um, I don't know if you've covered it off with other, with other talks about the ABL, was that um, how major league, major league clubs paid for their players to be part of the team, um, which is quite unusual in sport. Um, and the fact that, you know, um, um, we, you know, we have players from the Padres and the Rangers this year, and each of them players, um, the Major League Baseball team played the Tuatara to take them um, and, we, and be on their roster for the year, which is quite an unusual financial model. Um, mm-hmm. course, it wasn't enough to save the Tuatara, but... Um, you know, it was uh, it was an interesting thing. I thought that um, it, it showed that um, I guess that um, the major league teams do saw, do see some value in having players down here and yeah. to Atara. Uh, mm-hmm. And to Atara was always very good at looking after them and making sure they didn't overexpose them um, and burn them out. Um, now, is that was that the case with all ABL teams with their imports, or were the to Atara like negotiate that them, themselves? Yeah, I don't know how it worked with other teams, but I know it definitely worked um, uh, with the Tuatara. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. I love that. That yeah, seems it's... like a like a kind of a no brainer to me. Like, you know, we we talked about this with Dan Vaughn. Like the weather in Australia and New Zealand, and we brought it up a little bit here is is way better during those winter months here. You know, you're December, January. You can't really play baseball in like half the country in the United States. MLB is not playing. Minor league baseball is not playing. Why wouldn't you send your guys over to New Zealand yeah. or Australia? Yeah, they speak English. It's safe. All that. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, yeah, they had a great uh, opportunity. I guess it just it didn't turn out that way. But I don't know. I'm hoping they can get another team there. I. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's keep in touch, David. Let's have you on again and talk about if there are any more uh, developments with baseball in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's anything, get, talk about another team coming on, I'll, I'll get in touch or you get in touch with me. I'm always happy to come and have a chat with you guys. All right. Thanks a lot, cool. man. I really appreciate yeah. all your time, David. Yeah. No all right. Oh, all and right. really, really fast. Where where should people follow you? Where should they read your stuff? And you got any Twitter handles or anything? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter on uh, David along FFX is my Twitter handle. Or you can see my stories on uh, stuff.co.nz. Okay, deal. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for okay. coming on, man. All right, have a good day. It's your morning. It's our night. So you enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, sir. Yeah, All right, thanks a lot. Bye. All right, thanks you, a lot, David. Man. Thank you. Be safe. Thank All you right. to David Long for coming on the podcast and really, you know, you know, joining us for this this sad occasion where we send off your friend and ours, the Auckland Tuatara. Um, and you know what? We send them off in hopes that they'll be back one day. We're doing a real King Arthur thing. Yes, here. absolutely. So, you know, yeah, we're 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 doing the King Arthur thing. They're 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 sleeping until we most need them. So yes, Auckland yes. Tuatara. I still I, I have mean, my Auckland Tuatara hat. I cannot promise that it's in good condition. In fact, I can promise that it is not. But uh, you know what? I we also. So me and Ethan ordered Auckland to Atara stuff because we really liked them. They had good, their, their gear one was good. It was good, pretty good quality stuff. And two, no, their, wait, 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 wait. no, it wasn't. No, it the, wasn't. The, the logo was not, but the shirt 
is a good shirt. Yes, the shirt was very comfortable, but the logo came yeah. out after like five washes. So yeah. it was just a Well, plain I was getting shirt. to that, but you know, okay. now Sorry. I guess now that we skip to the mm. end of the story. Mm. Um, so we ordered all this stuff and they, they uh th- their customer service was a little bit weird, but it turned out okay because I ordered one hat and then they just sent me a different one. And we're like, oh, we didn't have it in that size, so we just we just sent you this one. And it just so happened that I liked that hat, too, so I was okay with it. So, you know, no harm done. Uh, yes, the shirts, they were, like, iron-on logos. So the shirt was good. The logo peeled off immediately. Still have the shirt. You can still see the outline of the Tuatara yes. thing. Um, yes. But well, one the thing, thing the I do want to... The thing that I think really fast, the thing that I think is hilarious about what you were just saying with the hat is it's not like you're like went to the store and they're like, oh, I'm cooking. They don't have butter, so I'll use margarine. Like it's like one, it's a different hat. The person might not want that. And also you're shipping it around like basically across the globe. So like, why wouldn't you just send an email and go, hey there, Mr. Quirk, we're out of this hat. Do you want this one instead? And save yourself the time if Tom goes, no, I don't want it. My (laughs) guess is that because it was this was right in the teeth of COVID. I'm betting they were like, okay, listen, we don't want to lose this sale. Mm. Just fire it off and just hope for the best. Because it what, worked. What's he gonna do? Ship it back? He's gonna spend another fifty dollars to ship it back? I don't think so. I, I I was happy to pay. Well, first of all, I think we I bought a shirt and there was like um, you remember those like Live Strong bracelets? It was like that of like two and yes. stuff. And so and I they bought- sent us masks too. Yeah, and the masks. That was what I wore through the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I, I ordered those. So it was like, I think it, I ended up paying like 70. It was, well, so the stuff from the, the cost of my stuff came to like 75 bucks. And I was like, oh, that's kind of steep, but like shipping and stuff, like whatever. But then, sorry, but then it was New Zealand dollars or whatever their currency is called. I think it's just New Zealand yeah, dollars. Yeah, it's just called, I think yeah. it's NZD, brother. Yeah. So it really was like 50 bucks, which was not that right. bad. And so it was like 50 yeah. bucks, you get a mask, you get some bracelets and stuff, and then you get this shirt that was cool. Um, plus it, all the shipping and everything. So it wasn't that expensive. And the way I viewed it was like, I'm not just, and this is going to sound so lame, but like, I'm not just buying a shirt. Like when you go and you buy a Philly shirt, you're just buying a shirt. Like who cares? I mean, the Phillies right, don't yeah. need money. But when you're buying this, it's like you are like directly trying to support the Auckland Tuatara, which I was more than happy to do. Um, it's you know what you did? You, you, you personally, you called up the Auckland Tuatara and you said to them, I'm trying to help you out, get you something started. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the yeah. truth? I'm sorry that my $50 purchase couldn't save them. I, I'm also sorry that my $50 purchase couldn't save yeah. them. You know what it is? We did everything we could. No, okay. we didn't. We could have ordered more. And I'll have That's to true. live with that for the rest of and my you know, life. We still can because for any of you who are interested, <laughs> I went on being the pirate that i am okay i found out that the tuatara were you know that the funeral was was you know on this the calendar now so i went to their their shop and i was like "Ooh, i bet i bet they're liquidating i bet everything's going to be cheap and i went on there all of it costs exactly what it cost before this news and i was like Damn. No, you're not a pirate dude. You're you're a vulture. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're coming yeah, in yeah, to, I'm a hyena. Yeah, you're coming in to pick at the bones. Well, and I would love to pick at the bones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they, dude, if that shirt was like 10 bucks, I would totally buy it. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm not I might buy price. something anyway, frankly, cuz you know what this is? This is your last chance. This is like when Disney movies have like every time 
like every couple of years they put out those commercials where they're like you know bambi is going back in the vault forever <laughs> this is your last chance to buy i guess well, they don't really that, do that wait. anymore with disney plus but they used right. to do that i used to see that commercial all the time it always be like aladdin get it now before it goes back into the disney vault forever and it's like are you oh, actually dude, geez, don't terrify actually, me if you buy something now though are you actually helping the tuatara or are you just paying for the liquidation process i'm helping them pay off their creditors brother i mean they, i guess they need so. all the help they can get right now you know what if i buy stuff from them that's basically like a gofundme <laughs> all right i mean i'm assuming well i also would wonder if anybody would even be there be left to send you the stuff um i think they do it through a third party site so i am i am pretty sure they would because it's pure well, i would send an email this. and double check it's purethletic.co.nz to go along with stuff.co.nz yeah yeah well i don't Tom... understand by the way why why it's said in commonwealth countries countries that still respect the crown yeah and here in america where we bow to no crown we just bow to this we bow to yeah. that instead uh it's z here are we just, do we have to be contrarians? Wait, so they live in New Zedland then? Yeah, New Zedland. Also, this is a real question that needs to be answered, all right? I, I'm putting this out to the field. Where is Old Zealand? I think it's in Holland. I don't want to hear the real answer. Sorry. Who do you think you are? Oh! I, okay. <laughs> You know what? I did. I, I guess we got to go with work, another one. Where's I was, uh, at, I was at work one day and I had. I where's had Old in, Hampshire? Well, no, right. Well, that's that's in England. I was. I had a be. guy. I had a guy come in one time when I was at work and he was super nice and we were chatting and he told me he was from India and I was like just like joking around and I was like, yes. Yeah, so here's my question: the capital is New Delhi. Where's Old Delhi? And he was like, uh, like a few miles away. It's just another city. And I was like, there wait, really? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, that kind of ruins the joke then. I like it. I like it better when nobody. So knows. wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me you've been <laughs> through this moment? I have. And you passed it up, dude. You're like typhoid Mary. What are I you have. doing? I why? am. Why would you do that? I knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm disgusted. You know what? Well, you know what I do? I I look at you and I say, I despise him. That's yeah. the only thing I feel for you now. Yeah, nice game, pretty boy. But Tom, oh, hey, easy. But so let's switch gears once more. Another big thank you to David for coming on. Yes. It was very it was very insightful. Let's have David on again at some point to just talk about uh the state of the game in New Zealand and what you know if there's any traction uh towards it, it happening. Uh you know, happening again, I mean. Um, but I do wanna say we have two upcoming shows that I'm excited about, Tom. One of them will be having on Andy Brown, who people might be familiar with. He's I think he's the official painter of the Great Britain national team, which was wild to me when I first heard that. But I I think, I could be wrong, but I think he just goes around with the national team and paints like a basically a panoramic view of like the game, which is like, I don't know who came up with that, but it's kind of a cool idea. Um, yeah, it's, so, it's cool, but it's definitely one of those things where you're like, the official what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's very like niche, <laughs> but it's cool. Um, but so Andy... Uh, as far as I know, has gone all over the world to paint baseball stadiums. He's interacted with guys like David Ortiz and stuff. 
Um, okay. So he's 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 been around the baseball block, Tom. So Andy was nice enough to agree to come on our show. So we're going to be talking to him about just his his baseball life because that's like a super uh, interesting thing to be involved in that honestly I had no idea was even a thing until I found out about him. So we're just going to be talking to him about that. And also we'll talk about baseball in England, obviously, and, and the UK or the Great Britain national team. So that'll be a cool, a cool conversation. So look forward to Andy. He was very nice. We should be doing that interview, I think, next week. Um, we also, I'm very excited to announce, we're sticking with the Commonwealth here, Tom. Yeah. We will, we will be, I'm super excited for this. I've been trying to get a player on for a long time. Um, well, we had Gabriel Rincones on. Another thank you to Gabriel. He was terrific. Right. Another um, Commonwealth guy, by the another way. Another Commonwealth the, guy. Yeah. The Commonwealth arc has begun <laughs> on this podcast. It is. It is. We also had Russell on to talk about uh, and Pool C. Dude, Dan yeah. Vaughn. That's ABL. Yeah, it's ABL. You're right. Um, but so anyway, so so I've been trying to get a player on for a while. And I don't blame players for not wanting to talk to me. I'm just some idiot in my basement not right. offering them money to come talk to me. So like, yeah, I don't blame it's difficult them at all. to blame anyone for not wanting to talk right, to us. Right. But so these guys, they have a limited amount of time. They're also young and cool and handsome. So like, why would they want to talk to me? But so anyway, I've put, I put out some feelers, Tom, we're going to be, we're going to be interviewing Donovan Benoit of the great Britain national team. He pitched in the world baseball classic for great Britain. He did very well. He is currently in double a with the Cincinnati reds and uh, he's got a bright future. He's like 24 years old. He's done very well in the minors. We could see him in the majors one day. That would be really exciting. But Donovan was really nice. He agreed to come on the show. And uh, we're going to talk to him about, I would think, mostly the World Baseball Classic, but also just his journey as a baseball player and what it's like in the minor leagues. I've been fascinated with life in the minor leagues lately, especially now that the minor leagues are collectively bargained and they signed a new CBA to basically treat them like real people, um, which right. is nice. So I I kind of want to get yeah, thank you. So I kind of want to get for those listening. Tom just made the Union Jack his uh, his background. But yeah, so, because this is now a British Commonwealth podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so we're going to talk to Donovan about the Great Britain national team, his experience in the WBC. I want to dive a little bit into just like the life of a minor leaguer and what that's like. If he has time, if not, I understand. But anyway, the reason I bring all this up is one so that you can make sure. Yeah, was that one so that you can make sure to tune in and listen to our interviews with Donovan and Andy. That'll be really fun. And also, also, I've been talking to Sean Spradling about another appearance. Ooh. I want people you to know, know. I want You know what we say to that? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. That's all yeah. I have to say on that front. Sean's been, Sean's been taking a break. He's been working on him. But he's back to tweeting. Yeah. And uh, I happen to know, I happen to know that Sean's doing very well. He recently moved. His wife's starting a new job. And he's very happy. So congratulations okay. to Sean. But... Good. We will be having Sean on again in some point in the future to do a, a wrap up. Well, maybe not a wrap up, but to do some analysis of the World Baseball Classic as a whole and get his insight as the the Cinderella story of the World Baseball Classic, really, because yeah. he 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 started from nothing and became the news guy. So anyway, so we'll be having Sean on. I forgot about that. Yeah. But so I do want to say that. that no, that reminded that, me that, that that no. What when you said that he was working on him that reminded me of the the now famous moment <laughs> God. where uh it helped me fill in the details on this because i believe you point, had gotten I, fired yeah I, I no i don't know if yeah i was out of work for one reason or another because i did have i told the the story of me getting fired on the podcast no let's save that for another time yeah we'll tease it me getting fired is a different story that we will tell on the podcast because the way that i got fired is one of the greatest all-time tom quirk stories uh but i was out of work and 
I think we were talking about like you know what uh you like, what you're gonna do yeah what are you gonna do <laughs> because and keep I, in mind you're like 27 like you're not like a kid it's like no, I, was, I was like 24 still but yeah so um so i i believe ethan asked me what i was gonna do and i said you know what i'm doing i'm working on me right now <laughs> which is like the douchiest answer it really was and that, that's not as good as the story of me getting fired from no, no. Uh, my other job that i lost but you know again we'll tell that on a different yeah podcast and I, I, just to be clear i have already told my current boss this story so there is no tension there <laughs> he thought it was funny so yeah yeah well so 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 anyway so sean's been working on him we got far afield sean yes, will be did. coming on at some point andy brown the painter will be coming on that'll be super fun donovan benoit team great britain player will also be coming on so look forward to those yeah. and if you would like to join in if you want to say come on and play a game like elmer descends or melvin mora if you want to come on and talk about Ooh. something in baseball in general if you want to give us some questions to ask these fellows who are giving us their time, feel free to email us, Tom. Where? Ooh. At the Go baseball ahead. pod two. Nah. At gmail. I blew it at the baseball yeah, pod. Deck. It's the baseball podcast two on Twitter, right? It's it's the yeah. Feel free to reach out. Our DMs are open at the baseball podcast two on Twitter. And our email for those of you who got crossed up is the baseball pod yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah. There's uh That's... yeah, there'll be links in the search. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. Really fast. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot it. I forgot it. I forgot it. Um I forgot really fast. I wanted to give a shout out to Dirty A. And I'll I'll Ooh. I don't have time. I don't have time to give the whole story of Dirty A. Dirty A is this guy I went to high school with. He's hilarious. He's a <laughs> huge character uh not a baseball fan but we're buddies and we just sort of chat about stuff anyway i know he's a big history guy so i sent him our last episode about uh, memorial day and all the players who have died while serving because i thought right, it might be the history podcast the history podcast so i sent that to him and he was like wow this is really cool thanks man and then he like tweeted it out and was like hey my friend has this uh baseball podcast i'm not into baseball but you should check out the podcast because it's really cool um and then he commented on the youtube video it was a great job guys and everything so dirty a I guess I should. His name's Alan, but that's no fun. He's Dirty A, and he always will be. Dirty A, right? Thank you for the support, the show of support. Dirty A is a real one. So anyway, I just want to say thank you for that, Tom. I'm kicking myself because I thought of a earlier a beef I wanted to squash, and I cannot remember it. So next you next know week what? or something. You know what? What are you gonna do? Yeah. You know? I don't know what I'm gonna. Hey, do. listen, we're. We always are willing to make time to squash the beef here on the podcast. I would call this a diplomacy podcast in addition to baseball, football, history. I mean, this is really becoming a renaissance podcast at the end of the day. So, a, di a diplomacy podcast. Oh, uh, can you imagine anything like more dry? Imagine know? like a lecture from Captain Picard. You know yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're having on we're having on Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Like, all right, I'm good. Wait, but yeah. pause. Someone's last name is Blinken. Yeah, that's Secretary of State right now. I think Dude, I'm behind the time. I, I'm still thinking the Secretary of State's like Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, you're still thinking it's Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, listen. So wait, who was, we, was it? Was it Rex Tillerson? Was he the Trump guy or was he the Energy? 
I think I Trump went just, through a lot. Um, I just really like the name Rex Tillerson. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a name. That you know what that that name that name's got some meat on its bones. It you know? That's it got does. hair on its chest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but listen, so we've taken up enough of these people's time. You know, they sit here, they go, "Ooh, I was here to talk about New Zealand." And you guys talked about you know Rex Tillerson, and you know <laughs> that time Tom got you know said he was working on him. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to, you know, I think what we're going to do is we're going to ride off into the sunset. You know, I wouldn't say go out, you know, in a blaze of glory. It's more of a, I would argue that we always go out in a blaze of glory. No, I would, I would argue that we go out in more of like a, you know, I would say that it's more of a fizzle than anything else. I was else. literally about to say like a yeah. fizzle of gunpowder. Yeah. But you know who does not go out in anything other than an absolute just ride of the valkyries tier blaze of glory best friend of the podcast part two okay because part one is obviously sean and he always will be our other best friend of the podcast is a little guy who will see you on the next one and you know there is only one thing that we really know about this guy and that is his name is dan and as always He will see you on the next one.